Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here. This week on Kayak Fishing Tales, we're bringing you another of our Kayak Fishing Show Live from Facebook. Uh, this week, we've got our good buddy Steve Tagami from Mustad Hooks. We're gonna talk a little bit about the history of the company, as well as show you a lot of their great products. Stick around, I think you'll learn a lot from this one. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. Uh, I'm Jim Sammons, the host of the Kayak Fishing Show, and um, I really appreciate everybody who joins us on these shows every week. We always have a good time, and you know that's kind of why we're doing them. So, as always, the Kayak Fishing Show Live is brought to you by Dallas Point Brewing Company. So I'm going to open up my Manta Ray Double IPA this week. It is after two o'clock in the afternoon, so why not have a beer, right? Cheers to everybody to the weekend. Ah, good stuff. Um, so this week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we've got my buddy Steve Tagami with Mustad Hooks. He has uh, been with Mustad Hooks a really long time, and we've known each other for a really long time. And I'm uh, proud to have them as one of the sponsors on our show. And I mean, they've got so much product and so much history in the fishing industry. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to bring Steve up into the show. Hey, Jeff. Steve. Oh, I don't have. Why did it freeze? There we go. There, Steve. <laughs> Steve Tagami from Mustad Hooks. Steve, thanks so much for making some time and joining us here today. Um, I, and supporting our show for all these years. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming in here to kind of share what's going on with Mustad with our viewers. Uh, first off, let's say hi to Dave Thompson, uh, Dave Fowler, watching from Ottawa, and Manuel Dahlberg. Uh, yes, Manuel, the show is every Friday at 2 o'clock Pacific time, at least if I'm in town. And that's always the big one, if I'm in town, because uh, we do travel quite a bit. Um, Manuel Dahlberg, you related to Larry Dahlberg? <laughs> that was, that was honestly the fishing show that made me want to do a fishing show, uh, because of the fact that he went to really cool places, caught really big fish. And it, I mean, just, it was just gnarly, you know? And so that was kind of my inspiration. I always wanted to do that, but do it from a kayak. And that's really what got me going. Uh, Manuel, Manuel, you're from Sweden. Awesome. I will be in Sweden in two weeks. So I'll see you there. Um, Perry Yanto. Hello. <laughs> so no, you're not related to man, uh, Larry Dahlberg. I didn't really. Anyway, with no further ado, Steve, how are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing awesome here, Jim. We're <clears throat> I'm up here in upstate New York. Um, it's funny. Uh, you know, people think of Mustad, they think of fishing, they think of me. Uh, I used to be from Southern California, so uh, I, I, I don't know if anybody listening today is uh, is remembers me from Southern California, but I lived in Southern California until about 14 years ago to take a job here at Mustad up in central New York. So you've been uh, with Mustad a long time. About 15, 14 years uh, through a lot of changes and, and a lot of good good happenings. Yeah, um, a lot of good happenings. A, a lot of, uh, I mean, the company has grown so much. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, I've been using Mustad hooks since I was a little kid. I remember getting the little package, the little bronze hooks, um, all the time when I was a kid. And now to be actually joined with Mustad and working with Mustad is, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool thing, you know, it, to, to work with a company that I was using their products forever. Um, can you give us, a, I mean, Mustad has been around a long time. Can you, can you give us a little bit of history on, on the company? Sure. We, you know, it's funny. Mustad actually started in Norway. It, it's still in Norway, a little town called Jervik, Norway. And they moved back and forth between Jervik and Oslo. But anyway. It uh, started in 1832 as a wire manufacturing company. The original owner of the company uh, was interested in developing wire. And from being a wire manufacturer, making things like 
fences, barbed wire for fences and things like that, moved into fish hooks in 1877. So we've been in the fish hook business since 1877. Uh, we're the original uh, company that uh, that actually started mass production of fish hooks back then. Uh, developed developed a lot of brand new technologies back in the day. Uh, point technologies. We you know, harden and temper hooks. Uh, people ask about chemical sharpening. We've been chemical sharpening for many, many years. We've been, uh, you know, high carbon steel, right? We always talk about high carbon steel as a new technology, but we've been in that business for a hundred years. Can we pause so, real quick? Just sure. Can you explain exactly what chemical sharpening is? Just because it's in my head right now. Yeah. Well, chemical sharpening is when you take. Well, let me grab a fish hook. So you take a fish hook, you put it through all kinds of different processes, right? And one of the final processes before you put like a coat, like this is a treble hook with a black nickel finish on it. And what you do is you take this, uh, this hook and you actually put it in a, uh, put it in a bath that, uh, that helps to, um, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, what you're doing is you're, you're actually taking it and, and, uh, you know, like like I say, it's it's a it's really a chemical honing process almost, where you're you're removing last little bits of metals and and uh, little burrs and things like that to develop a nice smooth finish, and also take those those points down to uh, uh, to the uh, literally to the point where they're as sharp and as uh, yeah you know as clean as possible. I gotcha. So it, it's it's to remove any of that excess to really get that that final final exactly because they're sticky hooks. I mean, you, you yeah. those those chemically sharpened hooks are they're sticky. Um, although I still manage to miss fish with them, but I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I, I was using a hook the other day that I swear it caught in my hands. It was catching in my shirt, and yep. but I couldn't catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes to my, my angling skills, particularly like frog fishing. It's like, God, I, I need to take some lessons on fishing the frog. Uh, <laughs> that, is so much, that is so much fun, though. You know, when you're, uh, you know, any kind of fishing, right? You look at the pros that are making millions of dollars doing this. Like, you know, you, you look at a guy like a Kevin Van Dam that's won $6 million in, in tournament earnings. That guy's in a league of his own. Yeah, yeah, and but he misses fish, and you think they they probably miss less fish than normal people. They probably, <laughs> you know, and they're and and they obviously find more fish than than the typical angler. But yeah, everybody still misses fish no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we all do. So we, I'll, I still blame it on my lack of skill <laughs> because uh, that's just. You know, that's us. So, you know, back to Mustad and kind of the history of Mustad. Mustad has been, like I said, uh, you were saying 1877. Uh, mm -hmm. If anybody's interesting, the website, I've got it up there on the uh, underneath us there, mustad-fishing.com. They obviously didn't enter the fishing end of things quite early enough because they don't have mustad.com. That's like horseshoe stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, actually, Mustad horseshoes or horseshoe nails. Are also a, a product of the company at one time. This this company had developed a lot of things. We made fish hooks, we made paper clips, we made uh, horseshoe nails, and and quite a lot of other types of products. So uh, you know, if you see a, a must add name and it's it's um, a, associated with metals, it's definitely the must add family. Really, uh, really, yeah. And you know, the must add family actually owned that company for six generations and up until 2013. Wow. So they, they owned the company for a long, long time. Uh, you know, there are, there are people that uh, have been working for the company that were working there for about six generations. It's, it's an unbelievable legacy. And, and still uh, today, uh, the, the main part of our manufacturing process for Mustad is our wire mill. We're the only fish hook company in the world that has a wire mill. So we can actually mill all of the, the wire uh, that we make into specific sizes. So we can make anything from these giant shark hooks that you see all to that kaiju trouble that you're seeing there, all the way down to a super, super fine wire fly hook. 
And but part of it, that means you guys are controlling the pro the process from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Every step, right? Yeah, we do things like when we're milling our wire, we can mill at a much slower rate, which which gives you a lot more strength. When you're you're pulling, well, anybody who's wound um, fishing line, right, monofilament fishing line, you always want to have a, a lot of pressure, but you don't want to have the heat as you're dragging your fingers over that that line or putting any kind of pressure on you want to do it from the outside on the spool and it's the same thing with fishing wire or or fish hook wire the slower you draw it the less which means there's less heat generated you're compromising the wire less and so your your wire is going to end up being a stronger wire and the other thing about that as well is we actually use special fish hook wires that are designed to be made into a fish hook we don't buy our, our wires, you know, it, like all pre-manufactured, you know, all the other companies have to buy their wire manufactured from somebody else. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Like I said, so you're controlling that whole process from, from A to Z. That, start, start to finish. That, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, we have uh, Andy Watts saying hi from Alberta. John Filmer's joining us. Aaron Dodds. Hi, Jim and Steve. And Jim Stribbling saying hello. Um, Dave Thomas says his first box of hooks he ever bought in 1989 was a Mustad and Sun size 14. Sprout hook. Sprout hook. Okay. Fly hook, right? Nice. Um, and Mike says never imagine, imagine chemical sharpening. Uh, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, it, to have a, a company that's been around so long and, and, you know, I wish I could say my first box I bought was in 1989. Um, I'm a lot older than that, <laughs> 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 but it is the, it, it's, it's all, they've always been my, my hooks. I've always used Mustad. I mean, I imagine I've used some brands to show up and grab a hook from somebody and stuff. But whenever I went to the shop is what I, what we always bought. And like I said, from the old, um, the old ones that were, you know, I was a kid buying the cheapest hook you could find uh, to now that, you know, the demon perfect circle hooks and, and everything else that's available and all the other cool products. I mean, I, I have some photos from uh, the when I was in um, the Bahamas recently, we were doing some wade fishing, uh, fly fishing and having the, the waterproof backpack that I got from Mustad. I mean, it came in so handy because we were getting in over our way sometimes and, and knowing I had all my gear in my backpack, that was just such a, a great thing to have. Uh, Richard Rojas, uh, what are you guys discussing? Well, we are with Steve Tagami from Mustad Hooks. And so uh, we're talking about the Mustad company. We're gonna talk about hooks. We're gonna talk about fish. We're gonna talk about anything you guys wanna throw at us. Steve is a very experienced fisherman um, and he's been fishing all over the place. And so if you guys just want to throw questions at us and if you guys have questions about kayak fishing in general, of course, I'm always happy to talk about that. Um, take a breath. <laughs> well, better, better take a drink. <laughs> there you go. I'm jealous. And again, cheers, cheers to everyone who uh, is joining us. And I do appreciate you all joining us. Uh, for those of you guys that are watching on the replay, I hope you'll give us a thumbs up and let you know, let us know that you're watching at us a replay. Because I always like to know if it, if, it, if it was a live view or a later view. Uh, a lot of people will watch it as a replay and not realize and they'll comment thinking that we're still live. Uh, but we do replay these. Um, we do put them on YouTube and we also put them on iTunes as a podcast for people who want to um, listen in their car or whatever. So uh, we try to hit every avenue for people to have a chance to kind of learn and from our guests. And, uh, and if you guys ask questions, it just makes a better show. So please do throw us those questions. Um, hi from PA. Say a lot of people bad mouth mustache. I love them. I don't know why they would, um, you know, it, I think people get into the idea sometimes that, you know, these, these uh, other brands might be better, but I think I get in general, I get just as good, if not better hooks from Mustad than any of these competing brands and generally at a much fairer price. You know, I, I think they're just some of the best hooks you can find. And, you know, and with the full line of gear that, that comes along with Mustad, um, I've never, like I said, that's why I've always used them. If I didn't, if I didn't, um, 
if I didn't believe in them, I wouldn't use them. I, I, you know, that's my whole thing is you'll never see me using a product that I don't believe in. And you'll never see something, me endorsing a product on our show that isn't something that I strongly believe in and use all the time. So, you yeah, know. Jim, Jim, you know, one of the things that we see uh, quite a bit is, I mean, you know, the, the company's been around forever. There are a lot of really good brands out there. And, and we understand that. We know that. There are a lot of great brands. But as you're saying, the technologies that we put in, that we build into our fish hooks, um, there are, there's nobody uh, that has the type of technology, technologies that we have in the way of tempering. You know, we put it all together. It's, you know what, I'm going to show you something really quick that's, that's interesting. And of course, it's a bigger hook, but, but this is a test that we actually show to people. I'm going to give you the whole screen. So okay. there you go. So you can see it a little bit better. Okay. So at a trade show, I will go and stand in front of people, literally take one fish hook, and over the course of three or four days, we'll do a board scratch test. We'll take take a board and we'll actually take our points, right? Drag them across these boards, and I know you can't feel it here, but we'll drag these, these points across the board, literally destroying the board, putting a lot of pressure on these hooks, and show people that our points stand up. This is an ultra point hook, mm -hmm. the, the hooks you love to use. Um, right. and and those those are the types of technologies that we we build in our, into our our fish hooks or things that we've taken leadership in the industry with um, tempering processes. We we have more tempering processes in the largest fishing hook manufacturing facility in the world, and uh, and and so there are again you know because we control the processes we're able to do things. Now that being said. Um, you know, we, t we also take a knock, as you were talking before, about, about older fish hooks. You know, look at everybody grew up on 9174s, 94150s, 92553 octopus hooks, and, and, and other hooks like that, which are, which are the old standbys. But I can tell you that this company, you know, when you're talking about those older fish hooks, people will pick up a box of some of the old fish hooks, and the points aren't all that sharp. And that's kind of the knock that we've had. But, right. you know, over time, you know, we're talking about a, about a fish hook company that's, you know, a company in general is going to be 200 years old. And a fish hook company that has been building fish hooks since 1877, you know, 140 years. So, uh, again, you know, you've got to progress just like the other companies do progress in, in the way of technology. And I think we've, we've, you know, we're right there with everybody else. I'm not going to tell you, uh, you know, this is up to you guys, up to you, Jim, and and your constituents, you know, using the product to tell me how good the hooks are, how good the hooks aren't. And it's our job to either meet those needs, you know, it's our job to produce the best, to, to produce the best product in the world. And right. the only way we can produce the best product in the world is by listening to guys like you. Well, yeah, and, and, and you know what, and I'll, and I'll bring this back to a, a discussion that I had with um, Patrick Sabil. Um, you know, he's got his lures out there. I love Sabil lures. Um, I love Patrick Sabil. He's a very good friend. And we were having a discussion about his lures, and people were taking his stick shad, which is a deadly, deadly lure, and then they would come back and say, well, they're not good because the you're not using good hooks because the, you know, the hook straightened out on me. And then he's like, you caught a, you're fishing for really big fish on a small lure. You're not using the saltwater one. It's got the fine wire hooks. You're fishing a super heavy braid. Yeah. I mean, it, because it wasn't designed for that much pressure, you know, you got to have the right tool for the application, right? You know, yeah. you can't just blame it on the hook. If I'm if, like, I fish a super heavy drag, you know, I, I can't get away with fishing those fine wire hooks. You know, yeah. I may even in a kayak sometimes, you know, and, and we can get away with fishing lighter wire in the kayaks because we are drag, but you still, you can only put so much pressure on, you know, on, on the hook itself. You got to be using it for the right application, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, and braid is one of those things that you bring up that's that is an awesome part of the discussion, because you know braided fish braided fishing lines obviously totally changed the world of fishing. And and it was funny because I go you know with with braided lines right, I, 
long before they were accepted, long before they were even acknowledged. You know, we go back to what the 1990s, early late 1980s, early 1990s, and a gentleman named Russ Iser was the the guy that first introduced me to braided fishing lines. Right. And at that point in time, it was Kevlar, Kevlon. And from there, and he showed us on a fishing boat how how sensitive. And, you know, we were thinking when he brought this stuff out, this this line out, that it was Dacron. And so we're thinking, okay, well, whatever, you're using Dacron. He's going, no, 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 son. You know, that that was the way to talk (laughs) to everybody, right, son? And... uh, and let me tell you, let, let this old man tell you that this is going to be the wave of the future, right? The gentleman, uh, Russ Iser, who sunk all these fishing reefs off of Southern California, Russ Iser, who fought and championed for the right to sport fishing. Russ Iser was the guy that, that he comes aboard a boat. It's a fishing charter. We've got Frank Lopresti, Norm Kagawa, and, a, and a, you know at least a half a dozen captains on this boat on a charter. Yeah, and those, and all of which are like legends over here. For people who don't know, legends on the West Coast, you know. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and and he's showing us all this this new technology. He's saying, mark my word, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. Totally changed the business. And you know what? It took quite a while. It took about 15, close to 20 years before it, it really, really stepped up. But when it happened, holy cow, changed the world. And so when we talk about braided lines and you're talking about drag pressures and the, the amount of pressure you can put on a fish, right? The amount of line you can put on a reel. That, a little tiny reel. Yeah. <laughs> you can fish a little tiny reel and put 50 or 60 pounds of drag pressure on that little tiny reel and put several hundred yards of, of line on. It, it, it's amazing. And the, the problem... The, the havoc that it wreaks for us building fish hooks is amazing because, you know, the one thing that, that really hasn't changed over the years is that you need to take, you, you make fish hooks out of steel. Steel, time and time and time again, has proven itself to be the best material for a fish hook. It's cost effective. It's easy to work with. You can bend it. You can do a lot of things. You can, there's a lot of strength involved in steel. Okay. There are a lot of other materials that you try to bring to the table and say, hey, we can do all these great things with materials like titanium, super expensive, super flexible. We can we can work with a lot of other materials. You know, people have tried a lot of things over the years and still nobody's been able to to really, really get past steel for, for fish hooks. And then when we talk about the amount of pressure you can put on a fish, right? And everybody's favorite fish hooks. Well, the one thing that, that people never account for or, or many people don't account for until they run through the processes is that when they're putting more pressure on that fish, they're putting a lot more pressure on the hook and the hook hasn't changed a lot. So what, what Mustad has had to do these last several years is really get into heavier wires. Well, you, you, and you can't get too heavy because you still have to get bit, right? Right, you got to you got to put that that hook in a bait. Yeah, you know, and, and and you need that bait to swim right. So you you really need to be careful about what you're doing. But Jim, you know, you and I've stood at shows. I've I've handed you hooks like a big giant treble hook, and those treble hooks feel like they're very very light, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you you've even made the comment, man. This is how do you get this hook to be as light as it is? You know, then then compared to other fishing hooks. And part right. of that is it's it's steel wire alloy technology that, that we've got, again, because we've got our wire mill, because we've we've got the history to do it, because we own everything from the start to finish, the, the, the several different tempering and hardening processes that we can put onto a fish hook. We, we do a lot of things that, I, trust me, a lot of other companies, they, they cannot do today. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're and they're super strong, super sticky, and like I said, you just have to think about that if you are fishing straight braid to, to fluorocarbon, like I do. There's yeah. so little stretch. Okay, then you need to maybe have a softer tipped rod to absorb some of that. You know, when they all of a sudden make that super hard pull, or, or you could straighten a hook or break a hook. But I'll tell you what, 
I've straightened one hook, one mustad hook. And you know, I'll, I'll tell the, the quick story of it. We were in Panama, hooked into about a 300 to 400 pound black marlin on the kayak. That fish had no idea we were there. It was actually my buddy was hooked up on it. And he's like, Jim, I don't know what to do, man. He goes, I can literally wind myself to this fish anytime I want because the fish wouldn't fight. I mean, it just wouldn't fight. It just swam and swam like we were a gnat on its neck, uh, a remora swimming with it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, we can't wind ourselves to it because we don't want to kill this fish. There's no way to land it in that situation. It, we'd, we'd get killed. Yeah. So we tried several different ways to put more pressure on the fish. And finally, it's starting to get dark and we're like, well, we got to do something. So we attached him to the camera boat. <laughs> so all of a sudden there's, you know, several thousand pounds of weight. The fish jumped three times and straightened the hook, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because wow. we were, we were just like all of a sudden having to put that max pressure on. And we were using, you know, I, I would tend to use like a, uh, a nine aught demon perfect circle, two uh, X strong, you know, uh -huh. so it wasn't the super heavy wire because we don't generally need it you know, because we can't pull that hard in the kayak. But when we put that extra weight of the boat there, all of a sudden it was boom, straight in the hook and we were done for the night. Man. But that's the only time I've ever done it. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, they, they are really, really strong. Dave Thomas says, Jim, were you using the mustads when landing those yellowfin tuna? I'm assuming you mean in Louisiana. And then we were with uh, the Mexican Gulf Fishing Company. And most definitely I was using uh, mustad hooks. Um, Aaron Dodd says, I've never broken hooks from Mustad. He rarely has to sharpen them. Unlike newer brands, he's tried. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Richard Rojas, I've always used Mustad hooks. Great hooks. Um, Gary, I like the hooks with the O-rings on the hooks. There you go. Those are, are awesome, awesome hooks. Um, here you go. Michael Guerrero. Let's solve the myth. myth. How can you tell if a hook is sharp? What's the best test? You know, it's really funny. We get this all over the place and there is a, of course, you know, nail scratch test or the nail, you know, the, the nail test is the one people love the most. It's the easiest one to see. It's the easiest one to feel, you know, and it really is. That is probably the most simple way to tell if a hook is just sharp. Mm -hmm. I mean, right out of the box. But I can tell you that that uh, one of the problems, though, with just the nail test like that is that there are a lot of fish hooks that are that are they're very sharp. The the points on the on the hook are very small. Right. Really thin wire. OK, really thin, long points. And what happens is the less metal that you have on these fish hook points, the easier they are going to be to roll. And that's why we show you the board scratch test. For those of you that, that, that didn't see it before, you know, you, again, I take, go to a trade show, stand in front of, of, stand in a booth, talk to a bunch of people, tear a board apart, show them that our fish hooks are still strong and they understand because now they're, now you're talking not only sharpness, but you're talking about a good strong hook that's going to hold up and, the other thing is the economical nature of, of that, because then you have to go through less fish hooks in your in your day. Um, the one one guy I talked to, he uh, fish Shasta or he fishes Shasta in tournaments, and uh, you know there there are a lot of again a lot of other great brands out there, but in a conversation that I had with this gentleman, he went to Shasta and he said he was going to fish a three day tournament, and and he said, well, you know, I, I, I've decided to give your fish hooks a try, you know, after, after our talk. So he bought a pack of fish hooks. And later on, he, he, uh, he and I connected. And he, he, I said, well, how, how was your fishing tournament? He said, I came in second place. I said, that's awesome. I said, well, how, whoops, I'm sorry. How many, how many fish hooks did you go through during the fishing tournament? He said, I went through one pack of hooks. Oh, okay. He said, no, you don't understand. I had five fishing rods on my deck. I've tied three of them on and I never had to change any of those hooks. Right. 
So again, economical, they're durable, and uh, and again, you know, you know, I'm the guy with the company. Jim is the guy that actually uses the uses the fish hooks. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and, and Michael Guerrero uh, has a comment: Is it best to throw a hook out or resharpen after a big fish? I I use hooks until I lose them, pretty much. <laughs> you know, or it's been on a rod for several days and several trips or whatever. But yeah. I mean, I go fish after fish after fish with the same exact same hook. Yeah. They they don't dull down. And I know a lot of people say, oh, you need to sharpen your hooks. You need to sharpen your hooks. Well, I buy a, a Demon Perfect Circle hook, and that thing's so sticky, I never think about having to sharpen the hook. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, you know sharpening the, – the time you want to resharpen a hook is, is if a point rolls. Then all you're doing is you're polishing it back up and, and straightening the point out. Okay. Right. The other, the other time is uh, when we're talking about throwing out a hook or changing a hook. Yeah, if if you're if you're on a on a trip and you catch a you know 150 pound plus tuna or 100 pound plus tuna, then you put a lot of strain. Well, you're putting in a lot of strain on everything. You're you're generally pulling off some line off the off the front end of your your rod and reel, and you're probably going to change the hook in the process. So, yeah, after it, it, you know. Big big fish or yeah, big fish is a relative term. But the other thing too is is uh, like for those of you guys that, that may fish the delta, okay, fishing for, for big bass, punching for, for big bass, a lot of those people will change a fish hook just because they say that that they they do put a lot of pressure on a fish or they're fishing in, in situations where they just feel that a hook gets a little more springy or you know more flexible the more fish you catch and they just want to have, they want to have a pristine fish hook as much as possible when they're fishing. Well, and that, that a lot of times I think is the same as having a lure that you have confidence in. You know, if you have confidence that that hook is, you know, at its best, you know, and if you ever second guess that, just like when you tie a knot, if you're not quite sure, always retie your knot. You know, if you just tied your knot and you pulled it tight and it doesn't look quite right and you question yourself at all, Retie it. Don't even think yeah. twice. Just retie it. Don't go, oh, it might work. Because then if you lose that fish, you are going to be kicking yourself in the ass. <laughs> Man, I should have retied that. Uh, Aaron Dodd says, great weighted swim bait hooks. One of my go-to bass presentations. Even after a few pike takes, the hook is no worse for wear. Stays sharp and durable. Renee Kinninger gave us a thumbs up. Renee Kinninger, I have known her since I was a little kid, she lived in my neighborhood. Renee, I'm so glad you're here. That is so cool. Um, we both had paper routes. We hung out together a lot when we were younger. So it's very cool to see an old friend on here, Renee. Um, Gary Thornburg, how to get new stickers to put on my kayak. My old ones are <laughs> ripping off. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got stickers. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, you've got some stuff. We talked about um, uh, about maybe we're going to be giving some stuff away to some of our participants. Did, yeah. did you have any thoughts on that? Or wow, you know what? Well, what do you normally do? What what what's your favorite giveaway? What what is your or what's your favorite uh, favorite process here, Jim? Well, dude, I, I like swag. You know, some people might want some hooks. You know, I always like a t-shirt or a hat or a sweatshirt. Uh, I love a lot of the gear you guys have got as far as your gear bags are so perfect for the kayaks. Um, you know, so we generally give something to like three participants. So if you want to, you know, something for, I'm just happy to have you here. So any kind of giveaway is a bonus. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we go over a couple of things here that, uh, maybe we'll talk some product right now. There, that's a, that's an excellent idea. Um, how Dave Fowler says, says he loves the snap swivels as well. I actually have a little oh, quick story on the snap swivels. Um, I was using the underwater uh, go fish cam and I had a snap swivel to the bait. And if you ever, ever have any questions, if they're if their swivels work, that bait was spinning the whole time. <laughs> and that <laughs> swivel you can, because it was just out in front of the camera and you can see that swivel just rotating with that bait. So those things worked awesome and saved me a lot of misery because uh, line twist sucks. So you want to, let's talk about some product though. 
Yeah, okay. Well, you know, one of the things that we came out with this year, uh, and we launched it at ICAST a year ago, is something called a hook, a hook replacement kit. So a treble hook okay, replacement I'm going to give you the whole screen again. Okay. Yeah, you have the whole screen. So a treble hook replacement kit, right? So this is our saltwater kit, right? And we make a half a dozen different styles of these kits, but basically these kits come with everything you need to change a fish hook. So if you're if you've got a crankbait, uh, you know, more in particular, but especially for the salt for the freshwater guys, the freshwater bass guys love these. They come with a, a pair of split ring pliers, split ring plier braid cutters. Okay. Nice. Spring loaded that come in come in every single one of these packs, right? Single single action, easy to easy to use. And, and, and just let me say, for any of you guys who ever have to put on a hook and you're having to split that ring with your thumbnail, it sucks. So having <laughs> a good pair of split ring pliers makes all the difference in the world. We all grew up that way, right? <laughs> um, comes with a, uh, a dozen treble hooks and comes with some split rings for you to, to be able to trade out to. I'm sorry, it, it's, it's, it doesn't show up really well on, on camera. But this particular kit is a Kevin Van Dam treble hook kit. So these are KVD treble hooks for those of you guys that, that are bass fishermen. Uh, two extra short shank treble hooks that are really, really good for for uh, square bills, for lipless crankbaits like Bill Lewis rattle traps and and uh, cotton core del lures and and all of that. Um, different various sizes. Okay, these two extra short treble hooks are really good because. Basically, you can take uh, take a normal bait and you can upsize when you fish. So if you're normally used to using a round bend treble hook of size, like a size four treble hook, if you could talk to Kevin Van Dam, he's fishing a size two. And mm. the reason he's fishing that size two is because you've got more gap, more gap, more gap in that hook, right? Yeah, it's more more hook, more more hook presentation off the sides of the lure. More hook presentation. He loves these, and he actually helped us design these triple grips. Uh, Mustad has had these triple grip treble hooks out for many many years, but he actually came to us one year, said, "Hey, I've got a tweak. For one, I want I want these extra short ones, but I want you to widen them out a little bit, just a little bit." So. What you have here in this hook is you've got the perfect angle, and if I was really smart, I would have put would have put them on a crankbait. But but basically, you've got a got a treble hook that's meant to have a stopping point when you put pressure on that hook, so it never likes to get past level before it it locks in and sets. Oh, I see. Okay, so your penetration is better. You've got more pressure at hook set, and then because you've got this wider gap here it's harder for a fish to throw that bait. So if you're fishing smallmouth bass, and a lot of you guys probably up in, up in Canada are fishing smallmouth bass, you're probably fishing pike, maybe maybe walleye or pickerel as they call them up there. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, it, that is, it's, you know, in one year, Kevin Van Dam won a million dollars in tournament earnings. And he, he attributes the whole thing to his, these treble hooks. Amazing. Um, another part of this kit, and something that uh, that Mustad started building a few years ago, and and again, uh, you, for those of you that that really can't see this, I'll try my best to to make this visible. But this is called a fast hatch snap or clip. Okay, it's actually pretty clear on camera. Okay, so you you guys, you know, if you're an experienced experienced fisherman, you take somebody fishing with you. And in, in, invariably, they don't know how to tie a knot. So the cool thing about these fast hatch clips is, you know, once you tie this on, it's one end is a solid, it's just a ring, right? Wrapped ring. The other end is this clip. And the way you operate this clip is, is basically just, it's just a twist on process. And again, if I was smart, I would have brought, put it on a line. But basically you're taking, taking this with a quick twist of, of your of your finger okay you've got a connection there so once you show somebody how to use the fast hatch clip i mean your day your days of tying knots over and over and over for, again for somebody 
you know, whether it's whether it's a friend that doesn't fish or whether it's a kid. I mean, these are quick, simple, and what pound, what pound tests are those? Oh, these uh, these run up. You know, they're they're basically lighter weight uh, tests. So you're going to see these up to about 30, 40 pounds is oh, is most uh, you know most effective. Plenty for uh, most of your bass and pike type fishing situations, and yeah, that'll handle most of it. And so, and then yes, speaking of pike, we also have a pike kit that uh, that features these, which are called Staylock snaps. And the uh, the best feature of the Staylock snap is this little halo here. That halo helps to keep your snap, even if it, for whatever reason, it's going to straighten out. This this little halo keeps this this snap from totally failing. So if you catch, you know, you catch that fish of a lifetime, it's just tearing you up. This snap is it's like a never fail snap. So these are also something that's really good. But they come in these kits. And how about you know we'll give give uh, whomever wins the choice of either a saltwater kit or a Kevin Van Dam hook replacement kit. Well, that okay. is awesome. We'll do that. Um, you know, of course, uh, Jim, you talked about dry bags a little while ago, and, and we've got a lot of different dry bags, including the backpack you have. But, you know, we've got these everything from ro just a simple roll top bag. Which every kayak angler needs and wants. I mean, yep. if, if, you don't have, if you're a kayak angler, you don't have a variety of those in different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing something wrong. Again, these are simple roll-top bags that are that are totally waterproof once once you close them up. And then uh, I think what we'll give away today, though, is we'll give away an 18-inch, um, just an 18-inch boat bag, something that anybody can use every day. Most of the time, what happens with these with these boat bags is a guy will bring them home, and his wife will usually take them over. <laughs> These are these are really nice, though, and, and that's not that's that's uh, I, I know there there are some women out in the, in the audience here that uh, that uh, that are fishing too. But anyway, these are uh, a boat bag design. They've got a, a semi rigid bottom, so basically they're they're really good for holding uh, anything hard in them. Reels, something something bulky, tackle boxes. Uh, you know, any kind of gear, a jacket. Okay, uh, these are not waterproof, but they do have a flap, so uh, so that if you're if you're caught in the in the rain, just that little yeah. bit of a yeah, flap. They're perfect. They're splash proof, yeah. right? Yep. A couple of handles, and then they uh, I don't I don't have it here attached to the to the bag, but it also comes with a shoulder strap. Okay. Very nice. We'll give one of those away, and. Uh, you know, the third thing, maybe maybe we'll give, uh, how about a tackle assortment? So what we'll do is, uh, is uh, you know, we'll pick through a bunch of things as we, as we, as we go through, uh, you know, go through our talk here. But we can put things together like we've got brand new bucktails, okay? Oh, look at buck that. Yeah. Bucktails are brand new for Mustad. We've got, uh, they're made out of real deer hair. Uh, is that something that's out now or is that something we'll be seeing after iCast? No, these are these are out now. These okay. these were, were launched back at uh, at the show last year. So a real bucktail with with little flashaboo accents, you know that that. Uh, so you've got a got a little bit of a lifelike flash. You can see two line ties here, oversized eyes, and then what you can't see, or I'll show you right here, is a little bait keeper. So you can put uh, put your uh, your soft plastic lure. You can attach it attach it there. Um, Probably the best thing about these hooks, or best best thing about these bucktails, is the hook. We've got uh, this is a two extra strong round band jig hook. Okay, so when we're talking about going to fish for bigger fish, like like uh, you know, you get to yellows and, and bigger, even even smaller size tuna, grouper, uh, those types of, of species. This is a great jig head for for larger species of fish. Okay. A uh, little bit wider gap. If you if if you like throwing uh, throwing these types of jigs and and uh, rigging them with squid or some other cut bait, again that that wide gap is is helpful. The two line ties again. If you, you can fit, you can rig off the the uh, the front if you like casting, and if you're vertical jigging, just just uh, the 90 degree uh, 
line tie is really good. Just just uh, dump dump it over the side for whatever you like to fish for. Okay. So we've got tackle. I don't know. You know, kayakers love sun gloves, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So and so mustad. Uh, yeah. For landing those uh, bigger fish, sometimes after you getting your hands beat up for a while, it sure is nice to have a pair of gloves on. Pair of gloves, and these are. These these are these actually come with a little little Velcro wrist strap, okay? Uh, UPF fifty, uh, UPF so UV resistant basically. Um, a good leather uh, uh, palm protector, palm pad here. So, you know, as you're as you're fishing all day long, like you're saying, you're you're grip especially gripping bait casting reels, right? Right. Uh, or or. You know, hopefully you're catching a bunch of fish, but basically these are these are all ready to go. Um, you know, we've got other pairs of gloves as well, but we'll stick with that. Um, you know, what else can we talk about? We can talk fish hooks. Well, yeah. we got a, we got a, we got a bunch of questions here um, okay. that have been scrolling by. We got Aaron Dodd says a good question for both. If I lose a good fish, it's almost always a smallie, and I usually on a crank. Is there a certain mustad design treble hook best suited to combat this? Uh, maybe you can answer. I don't fish bass much, crankbaits, all that, you know. So maybe you have a, a good answer for that, Steve. Hey, it's it, it is the KVD treble hook. By you know, by far that hook is. I mean, we we sell lots of these hooks. We, I mean, this is uh, this is the best fish hook or best uh, crankbait hook for, especially for smallmouth. And even at that. I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking about fishing smallmouth from a, you know, on a crankbait from the bank. How, it's hard not to lose smallmouth. Uh, you know, they're they're they've got that that section in the front of their mouth. It's just solid, like a, well, almost like solid bone. That if you if you hook them in the lip, it's great. If you hook them deep, it's great. But once you when you get a fish that takes takes that uh, takes that bait into their mouth, sometimes they're just clamped down. You know they've got this. They've got the this jaw pressure that they can put on a bait. It's it's amazing. I've you know I've had this happen many times. You got a fish with a with a bait in its mouth. You're fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. You get it all the way up to the boat or the bank, and what happens? They, they just open their mouth and they just swim away. It's amazing. It's like it's right. like Jim. It's right. like It's like it's like a freshwater wahoo almost, right? <laughs> you know? Well, I tell you, you know, for. Um... For me, when it comes to, to bass fishing, and, and most people know, I don't do a ton of bass fishing. Yeah. But if I have a choice between smallies and largemouth, I'll give me a smallie any day. Because the largemouth, sure, you get these big old bucket mouths and they're cool. But the smallies, to me, remind me a lot of our spotted bay bass, the way they fight. They just get their nose down and they just dig. You know, just, yeah. just tenacious fighters. And just, yeah. I mean, that those fish, if you get in some nice size ones, they make you respect those freshwater fish. Oh, it's crazy. You know, Jim, one of these things, one, one thing you need to do is it gets a little cold up there in uh, in October, November. But uh, if anybody listening here is, uh, if anybody listening here is from Ontario, uh, from, you know, eastern eastern Ontario and, and up around the St. Lawrence, oh my gosh, that is during the winter when you're, when you're looking at, these giant smallmouth bass, five, six, seven pound smallmouth bass that are 30 feet down in, in gin clear water. There's, they're just, they're just mean, just the meanest fish you can ever, ever hope and, and hope to see. And uh, yeah, boy, they fight, they fight like crazy. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember cause I think the, my first experience with the freshwater bass was always seemed to be largemouth. And then I was up in Canada and it was all smallmouth. And you were just thinking you were catching because I, my buddies are like, hey, we're going bass fishing. So I was in my head, I was thinking largemouth. And you catch one, it's like, oh man, I got a freaking big fish here. And it's, it's smallmouth like this big, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> they're just so tough. And, and definitely, like I said, for freshwater fish, those, those gave me a whole different new respect for those fish for sure. Yeah. Uh, potty mullet. <laughs> I have a question. Does Mustad make anything to store used hooks and rigs for kayak fishos? It'd be good to see. So rig setups, uh, storage, um, pouches, anything like that, or 
You know, uh, again, if I was a smart salesman, <laughs> <laughs> we actually have something called a, uh, you know, and I, I'm not going to go run out to my uh, to my my tackle storage to go get it. But basically, um, I did bring a catalog, <laughs> and it's really hard to see, but we actually make some some uh, worm worm binder uh, jig wallets. Okay, so these are these are. Uh, you know, again, I wish I had one to show you. Those work actually really well. What I yeah. use those for is for when I um, I time, I pre-time my wind-on leaders. Yeah. And I use those to, those pockets to store all my leaders at different sizes. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that uh, Mustad did, that we did, that most other companies don't do is, is, first of all, we have, we put a waterproof zipper on our, on our rigging wallets or our worm binders. Okay. So it's a fully waterproof zipper that, uh, and then we, you go inside there's Ziploc pouches that are fully, fully sealable or fully resealable. And then inside with the, the rings that we put in inside on the rings are they're, they're, uh, they're plastic. They're not steel. So there's no, there, there's, there's nothing inside that is going to rust on you to, to you know, okay. stain your stain your lures and 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 ruin ruin what you have in the bag. But basically, we've got uh, we've got a large and a small. The large is a single sided wallet that's got 10, 10 pouches, and then we've got a smaller or the the uh, yeah the larger, which is a double. It's got twenty pouches, and it's a two sided wallet. So um, and I, I just popped your the Mustad website up above our heads there. Uh -huh. um, they can see all this stuff on there, right? I mean, yeah, they can. So yep. if it, anyway, it, it's a very big website. There's, I mean, well, we were talking earlier. Um, how many SKUs or, or items does uh, must have must have, have? Just here in the states, we're selling about six thousand different items. So that's six thousand different packs of different packs of hooks and uh, things like the gloves and and other types of uh, types of product now, and uh, and and that's expanding all the time. So. Uh, you know, I actually had a question um, with the the flat falls and the vertical jigging gaining more popularity here in the U.S. Are you guys making assist hooks, pre-rigged yes, assist are. hooks? Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, we're making pre-rigged assist hooks, and we're actually expanding that line. We're uh, we're going to show off and hey, <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, an expanded line of product uh, for for this year, and uh, the other thing that we have, and let me let me duck around the corner. I'm sorry. No but, uh, One thing that we do have. Okay. Segway. Is <laughs> we have bags for your your jigs, so we these this is a this is a single foldable bag. That again, Velcro pockets. Okay, we've got uh, basically this is a like a a uh, got uh, twenty four pouches on the outside. These are these are mesh pouches, so they're so they're fully dry. Okay, awesome. and this is where you like your flat falls or or butterfly jigs. Flat falls, butterfly jigs. Yep, and these are this particular bag is going to retail oh roughly it's going to be less than twenty dollars. Okay. So uh, you see a lot of these in, in in the market that are about twenty four, twenty five dollars, and and you'll you'll actually see these retailing anywhere from about seventeen or eighteen dollars up to about twenty five. If people don't know, if you if you never had something like this, I mean, for keeping your jigs organized for those vertical jigs, uh, it, it's imperative. Rather than having them bouncing around in a box, uh, yeah. slamming against each other, getting tangled up. Um, and usually in a box, if it ends up being sealed and they end up rusting, these bags are are so so cool for keeping your gear in much better shape. And if you if you have a lot of jigs, we actually have a, you know, this is this is a four sided. Um, it, it's not sealed, but uh, it's a four sided pouch or or bag, uh, a system really that has an outside pouch for for jigs for storage it's got uh again four four sides you can 
you know, you can actually mix and match. We don't sell the individual components, but you can you can mix and match these boards. Okay. Right. So you you can pick your day, or you can use this as the mothership, right? And use this to fine tune your day. So if you're heading out for for a day on the water, you know, your kayak can only store so much gear. Well, you can you can store enough for for your your day on the water in in the small bag. Okay. Right. So you're going on a multi-day trip, bring the big bag for everything, and then just pack what you want for the day in the small bag. Yeah. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, Mike uh, Burnside had a question here. Does Mustad sell any bucktail treble hook replacements for lures and spinners? Uh, I have you know some what favorite we... small stream spinners, but hooks are crap. <laughs> we we do sell uh, lure uh, replacement treble hooks. We only make them down to about a size six uh, today. So they're primarily bass sizes. So depending on what you're looking at, you're probably looking at small, small baits. But uh, so if you're looking for a, like a size 10 or size 12 treble, we don't make anything that small. Okay. Okay. Yep. A uh, lot of comments here. Aaron Dodd says sweet jig bag. Uh, Gary asks, do you have new reel bags? Uh, you know, one of our sister companies out in Singapore actually has reel bags. We don't have them here. But uh, more more comments and more inquiries like that, we 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 might end up doing it. <laughs> uh, let's see, see if I because I know I, I scrolled through, may have missed some. We got Mike McKenna says, "Hey Jim, hello from Guadalupe uh, Bass Country." Oh, nice. Um, Dave Fowler asked, do many companies use mustad hooks on their crankbaits and swimbaits? And somebody else asked earlier, and I, I didn't get it up, was does mustad um, partner up with uh, lure ma manufacturers? Oh, we, we partner up with many, many lure manufacturers. As a matter of fact, if you look at some of the, I, I, I'll give you some, some names. I don't know, you know where, Dave, where you're at or the, the types of products you're using, but, but if, you're, if you're a bass fisherman, uh, using crankbaits, uh, look at Bill Lewis. Bill Lewis uses exclusively must-add fish hooks on their baits. And it's it's funny, talking to the owner, Wes Higgins, they they went to our triple grip treble hooks oh, about five, six years ago. <clears throat> I mean, I grew up on, on rattle traps. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, like, the Central Coast area, fishing uh, Kachuma, Casitas, those places. And... And, uh, you know, it was interesting because you'd, back in the day, you'd lose a lot of, lot of fish on rattle traps. Your, your hook up to land was about, about 40, 50% at the, at, at the, at the, you know, on the highest. And, but, but yes, companies like Bill Lewis, rattle traps, um, they've, they've received a lot of very, very nice comments. We've, we've received a lot of, a lot of emails about how the, the hook up to land has improved on those baits. Um, Jewel Bait Company, uh, V&M. If you're if you're into into spinner baits, uh, let's see, uh, War, War Eagle baits. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of. I mean, yeah, we've we we literally partner up with you know with hundreds of of companies on that side, and and the reason we can do that is because of the price of hooks. Okay. You, you take some brands of hooks and you put you put hooks on those baits and they just put, they they they're out of sight. But uh, again, uh, most companies can have found that they can put a good mustad hook on their bait and uh, and still continue to sell it for a reasonable price, which is why we we do so well in that market. Yeah, and I'm looking at the website as well um, right now, and you guys make a variety of styles and sizes yeah. of of jig heads. So, you know, for people who are fishing the soft plastics, um, yeah. looks like you got everything covered for people on that as well. Yeah. Well, we, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've got a very premium, premium level quality of, of some jig heads, our bullet heads. Uh, and you know, it's funny, we, we get some questions from time to time as to why, because they're a little more expensive than the ones you're going to buy in bulk. Let's say you go, you go to a local store, like you, you go visit Luke at Angler's Choice or go Barnacle Bill or somebody like that. But but basically, you're, you're, uh, what we're making is a very premium level 
CAD where that are that are molded in die cut CNC or, or uh, yeah CNC molded die cut machine molds. So when they rig, they rig a bait extremely extremely well. We build a lot of di different types of hooks. These right here, for those of you guys, especially up north, Canadian waters, Ned heads, Ned rigs are the rage, all the rage for fishing, especially smallmouth. Okay, something called basically you're taking a a, a you know a uh, a half of uh, Yamamoto Senko, putting it on. So it it it's really interesting because it doesn't look like a whole lot. But I can tell you that the smallmouth are absolutely in love with this. They will jump on this thing. They'll swim from 30, 40 feet to go catch catch up with a bait that's rigged this way. Yeah, the Ned uh, rig is stupid. Ned rig, yeah. <laughs> the Ned rig is stupid. It's like, why does that? It's one of those lures. It's like, why does that work? Yeah. <laughs> but it absolutely. does. But, you know, in, in, and, of course, Z-Man, Z -Man, uh, you know, they, they work with, with Ned, the guy that the original – uh, the guy that originated the the style, and and it's it's just absolutely crazy because everywhere you go now, it went from being oh yeah whatever to now you see it everywhere. Uh, we we are I'm showing this off because we're actually making a new new Ned jig head with what we call a grip pin keeper, and this grip pin keeper helps to actually helps to keep the bait on uh, on your. Uh, on your your head a little bit better helps to cinch it down keeps it from backing off and uh so we're making ned heads we're making bullet heads shad heads darters all you know a full range of products that uh that as as jim mentioned you can see online at, at fishing uh, mustad-fishing.com okay yeah there's so much there somebody's asking uh andy <laughs> was asking uh, do you guys have a barbless line yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mustad's made made barbless hooks for, you know, probably a hundred years. You know, for many many years. Um, so, if you're looking for barbless circle hooks, barbless fly hooks, uh, even uh, barbless treble hooks, yes. So, those of you in Canada that that have regulations, like in, in in Western Canada, there are some some areas that you need to fish barbless, and you can't can't often find a barbless treble hook. We've got them, and they're. Oh, wow. they're they're barbless and they're barbless KVD treble hooks. So again, really good hold, have that shoulder. Oh, you know, Jim, the, the one thing I didn't mention was that this shoulder, when you're fishing a bait like a square bill bait for bass, the, the shoulder on that hook actually helps to keep this, this hook from snagging on rocks too. Okay. Interestingly enough. So just another, another one of those, those things, but uh, what else do we have? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, actually, what we have is, is another show that flew by. Yeah, we've been talking already for over an hour. Wow! <laughs> I mean, it just flew by. So we definitely gonna have to have you back on here, Steve, so we can um, talk some more because there's always we didn't even get to talk that much fishing stories. Um, but I, I really appreciate you being on here. Um, and again, I appreciate Mustad for always supporting our shows and and. You know, all you, you know, you're always there whenever I need anything. So when I can reach you, you're so busy. I can. It's hard to get a hold of you sometimes. And so I was glad to nail you down for this. Everybody, I really appreciate you joining the show. And a big thumbs up to to Steve. Um, Steve, again, if people want to see the stuff, I have it up there. Mustad-fishing.com, or if you want horseshoes, go to mustad.com. <laughs> um, Oh, actually, Gary had one other question. We'll throw one more cat question to Gary because he's always on here. He was asking about red hooks. Okay, everybody wants to know whether red hooks are a mystery or, you know, the, the mystery around red hooks, right? So depending on who you're at, I mean, we, we've seen everything from red fishing lines to red hooks. And some people will tell you, like, red hooks uh, are a bleeding bait hook, okay? So it looks like a fish is bleeding, your lure is bleeding, so it triggers a strike. Then you get other people that say, well, you know, you get to a certain distance underwater, red disappears. So because red disappears, now it, it, it uh, you know, it, it's a little more stealthy. So I don't know what it is. <laughs> red fishing line, right? We've had red fishing line and pink fishing line. Pink, I, yeah, know. for sure. For Albacore, sure. When you're fishing Albacore, you got to fish pink line, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that was all the way pink Andy. You pink know? Andy. 
Yeah, from back when I was a kid, that was what you had, Pink Andy. So, so, so we still sell a lot of red hooks, and people will swear that if you put, if you move a red hook, a red treble hook from the front of the bait to the back of the bait, they will key in on that red hook. I've really not spent the time to do it. I believe them, and so I believe what they say, but I can't tell you myself. It's back to that confidence thing. Yeah. Okay, absolutely confidence thing steve thanks so much i'm going to drop you down below and maybe we, you and i'll chat after this is all done um everybody thank you guys so much for joining us here on the kayak fishing show live um i will throw the names into a randomizer and we will pick our three winners and uh again thanks to steve for for doing that uh next week i'm gonna have jen ripple from dunn fly fishing magazine uh, she's a, a really cool lady that I had the opportunity to fish with in the Bahamas and she'll have tons of information on fly fishing and travel. She travels all over the world. Super cool lady. So I hope you can join us at the same time next week. So if you are going out on the water, always please wear your PFD and hold your paddle right side up. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steve. Uh, he's a great guy and has been a great supporter of our show. Uh, if you enjoyed the video, please give us a thumbs up. If you have any questions or comments, throw them down below. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Kayak Fishing Tales. And of course, if you want to be a part of these live shows, join us every Friday on Facebook. You can also find these uh, videos or interviews on iTunes at, the, at Kayak Fishing with Jim Sammons on iTunes. So look for those. I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you next week.